First Memory by Louisa Gluck Long ago I was wounded. I lived to revenge myself against my father, not for what he was, for what I was. From the beginning of time in childhood I thought that pain meant it, I was not loved. It meant I loved. Udwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow, where dancers cavort in forbidden operas, making love to forgetting and flame, where the wealthy play at war with silver swords and silken sashes, where the people mine the dead heart of a burning star for cannonballs and pipework, and where a thousand secrets hide in a forest of paper and ink. Here, the five key bearers reside. The five who know the secrets of the broken gates of death. Five. Five only. There is no sixth spire, forlorn and forgotten in the desert. There is no one who looks to the displaced, the poor and destitute and landless, whose ancestry has been stripped from them by foreign looms and foreign sparcraft, and no one has ever heard of the house of endings. But this is their story. Their roots pulled up and burned, they stand in filth up to their necks. And that is precisely why they must keep their heads ever high. Welcome to Uduasha, immigrant. May it fear the name of the house you will build. Welcome to Desperate Tune, an actual play podcast about characters with their identities in peril, played by an international cast devoted to fiction-first gaming, collaborative world-building, and complex character drama. Welcome back, everyone, to Desperate Attune and the House of Endings. And today, our plans have changed a little bit. As you are aware, Emma is phasing out of the podcast and moving on. And so we were going to focus on Moss's story this session. But regrettably, we're having some scheduling issues and Emma is not well today. So we will be taking the story in a slightly different direction. And... We will get back to the story of Moss as soon as we can. But for now, the people who are here are uh, Ariat. Hello. Yes, hello. Also, Tree. Namaste. Also, <laughs> Klo. Yeah, I just want, before I, say, before I say hello, I wanted to point out that the way Tree said that it sounded like Ananas. Oh, that's mm. not what I said, but don't worry about it. <laughs> Ananas is uh, pineapple, I think, in Spanish. Yes. In many yeah. languages. In all, all languages except English, more or less. Uh, mm-hmm. Or in many languages, at least. So, hello. Uh-huh. Hello. Uh, and we also have our new player, Salty. Welcome, Salty. Ah, hola. Me gusta Ananas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. You're, you're fitting right in with the deranged interruptions. This Is your name Gusta Ananas? No, no. Uh-huh. Me, I like Gusta I like. Ananas. <laughs> me, salty, me play. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, okay. Style. <laughs> why, use, 
Wiley's <laughs> lot word yes. when few word do okay. trick. So yes. salty, yes. aka Gusta Ananas. Good to know your real what? name. What not trick? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, now I'm now I'm imagining you. You just need to add one letter and it becomes a name. Gustav Ananas. <laughs> uh, but anyway. <laughs> Well, there's always more NPCs NPC. to generate. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Augustus Kant's brother, Gustavo Nana. <laughs> With that out of the way, uh, this this introduction is a little bit of a mess. But uh, when we left off last session, quite a lot of things had happened. We had met Clementine, the golden-eyed rover from Sunfall who has come to Uduasha to seek out a sword school to train, and then immediately proved that training was somewhat superfluous because uh, Clementine easily kicked everyone's ass in the school. But that does not, of course, mean that Clementine necessarily has the, the insight into either politics or spirituality, which the school offers, which I got the feeling that Clem has interest in this direction, mm. yeah? Yeah. She has been promoted to trainer. She has been promoted mm. to trainer. Uh, but she has also been impressed by like Saida's overall mm. general wisdomness, wisdomfulness. Mm. That's yeah, because uh, Clementine has yet to be exposed to the fullness of Saida's wisdomfulness. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> can't, they, can't wait. They threw Prince Katam into the wilderness when it was done. Um, mm. Yes. Uh, we also, uh, to continue on this, we also saw the. Uh, the Falling Star Sword School begin to hit the crew in a variety of ways. They have uh, gotten uh, Bidruhi's tailor accused of violating sumptuary laws. Those they fucking have sent the Yes. They have sent the Fursan after Mushvik. And they have generally kicked up a stir and caused a lot of problems. And one of the other things that happened was that an unlikely ally appeared to deal with this problem for now, which was uh, lesser very much lesser, if it was to be believed, the Demon of Ixis in the form of a bunch of leeches that showed up and made some kind of a bargain or compact. I think it's very important that we give it its full names. Yes. Scab of Ixis, Puss of Ixis, Dirt Under Ixis's Feet. What a lad. Yes, this creature has... Uh, essentially hired, or attempted to hire at least, the crew as assassins, and is for now warding off the Fursan. But Mushvik is still a wanted man. Uh, even the demon's influence could not like completely scrub, uh, scrub away like all the wanted posters and so on. And so this is where we pick up. And I think last time everyone had done all of their downtime actions, so we are basically ready and raring to go for a, a thing. A square-shaped thing. Yes. Um, I was gonna um, because I had such a bad time last time, barely uh managed to clear any stress because mm -hmm. of that fucker who sent me a poem, uh, psychological poetry. That's that's what we've got. Um. Oh, by the way, are you going to write that for us? This is tree from the future. Just here to say that our intrepid listeners will recall that episode 17 of this campaign, Main Character Energy, began with this scathing poem. So it turns out I did write it. Anyway, back to Indulging Vice. Indulge Vice? Yeah, okay. You overindulge. 
and I actually, if if it's okay with you, I should lose um, access to the jetty because I suspect what happens is I might get attacked while I'm here and I got to run away. And until I figure out whatever is happening with um, the falling star, they may not let me back in. Who attacks you at the jetty? Is it the falling star or is it something else entirely? I will leave that up to Prince. So, uh, you lose access to the jet. I don't think you would lose access to the jetty just because someone attacks you there. Or, hmm. Okay. Or maybe you would. Um, let me open up the book real quick. I have an idea, but I need to remember. I wrote an NPC that may be relevant in this situation. Pet Members Club, always numbering 333. Mm-hmm. Lol. Hmm. The, yeah, the Ruby Jetty is a members-only club, of which Saida is not a member, right? But they sort of allow to ha allow you to hang out outside. Like, they, they tolerate your presence in the area, but you don't get the free dinners, basically. Yes. Uh, and so, give me a second while I look this up. What the kind of district is this? Uh, what the hell kind yeah. of district is this? Yes. What the hell was that? tree i'm not exactly sure uh -huh. sometimes i'm just possessed i'm the only one allowed yes. on, on this chat a lot to do a insane american accent i feel like when <laughs> you stick to getting about... stick to getting mm -hmm. <laughs> sorry what were you saying i i was saying that i've like in my experience whenever you, you do something like that like it doesn't really help to ask the question why you did it no it really doesn't <laughs> yeah, yeah I okay yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay, so I have an idea. I think Jay Clev is a man who operates on many levels and who is smart. And I think the way this overindulgence will go is you were trying to deal with his poetry. And so I think it's only fair that he will fuck this up for you personally. Mm. And he will deny yes, you access to the jetty. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think it's only fitting. Yeah. But he wouldn't just do that by sending thugs at you. It's uh, mm. It's quite unrefined. Yeah. And so oh, what, will instead, uh, what will instead happen is that uh, Jay Clev has, uh, as we know, not been seen outside very much. He has not moved about very much. He has sent you this poem, and then he has focused matters on other, uh, on, uh, other things. And it is not the case that he is just going to kick you out or deny you access to your place mm -hmm. of vice indulgence. But what will happen mm -hmm. is quite simply... This club always has the same number of members. You can only get an entrance when someone dies. And mm. so word gets out to you that Jay Clev has killed one of them and is now a club member. Oh my Go fucking god. Mm. Okay. That's great. So That's fantastic. It, That's lovely. Yeah, it's not like you can't go there. It's just that you would come face to face with him and has, as Saeed has established, he's a way better sword fighter than you. And you would be trespassing. Yeah. So he would even be within his rights to just kill you. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, I oh, yeah. find this out because he has sent a person who works at the club uh, with a letter letting me yep. know of this, and I yep. immediately fuck off. I, I I don't have that much pride that I don't run away when I know I'm gonna mm -hmm. lose. Yeah. So uh, this doesn't necessarily have to be the angle of the score, but let's remember: Jake Clive has just murdered some rich person. 
He has. I mean, he did mm-hmm. it. He did it entirely legally, so to speak. There was a duel. Yeah. There was yeah. there was a reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just saying that there may be an angle yeah. for someone to pay us to take revenge. We'll see. Mm-hmm. There may. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, I think this is the most elegant solution. And it also somehow fits Ustad J. Klev to be a member of this exclusive and mysterious club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, and not is. even because he wants to be. He's doing it because it's funny and it'll fuck me off. Yep. Absolutely. We yeah. have to see this yeah. man on screen at some point. Mm-hmm. Yes. You say that. How about we don't? How about I, we just murder him <laughs> off screen? I could do a long term uh-huh. project yeah. to fuck him over off screen. How about that? Yeah, how long is that uh, project going to be? So there may, uh, I I will phrase it like this. I think there will be an opportunity for you to use this score, but it's not an opportunity that will fall into your laps. Um, But you will for sure hear of uh, the person he has killed. And uh, you Mm. can investigate this. You can gather information about it as it were. But I think you have the more immediate problem that the... uh, so there are a lot of immediate problems, actually. One of them is Mushfik is still wanted. One of them is Tumdurji, the tailor, is in okay. deep tr- deep trouble. And the third is quite simply that, I mean, the Falling Star Sword School are looking to dispose of you. And yeah. uh, they are, I mean, they're an elegant sword school of duelists, so they will not simply like jump you in an alley, but what they will try to do is to get you when you are not together. And I think mm-hmm. you can figure this much out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so basically, I will open this with uh, with a brief opportunity for you to gather some information, but also mm-hmm. basically just with the, the rumor catching on, like pretty quickly yeah. after last last session, I think, that members of the Falling Star Sword School have been seen in Bundervest. And this alone is an unusual thing because Wundervest is the crowded immigrant district and the Falling Star School members are, I mean, they're basically celebrities, right? At least the graduate members. So they can't exactly go in here incognito. <laughs> A lot of them are basically rock stars. Yeah. Why would they come here unless... Okay, okay. So, so who, yeah. has, who has been here? Like, um... Yeah, so I thought... Hmm? I thought about this, and I don't think it makes sense for it to be Turzan Diamond Tooth. I think it's a little bit beneath him. He is one of the very high-ranking members, right? So this mm. is going to be uh, some also quite famous, but not like the leaders of the organization. Like Jay Clev would not do this personally. And could Turzan it be practically a second in command? Could it be a certain uh, black sheep of the family who's recently returned from a failed experiment at running a school in Dustfall? Uh, it could. <laughs> I was not going to go in that direction, but it absolutely could. Uh, we've already we seen her. It'd be nice to build, bring her back. Yeah, I'm thinking of Milo Rakhlev. Milo Rakhlev, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah, Salty. Uh, That's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The red sashes failed over in... Uh... That's cool. Yep. And Milo Rakhlev. Well, we didn't know exactly if they had failed, but things were going poorly, at least, uh, last we saw her. And I guess they have gone poorlier. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So Malera Clev has been seen here. I have also prepared some some ass kicking individuals who will be introduced at a later time who have also been seen here. Mm. Mm. I have two ideas. Um, yeah. One of which I'm happy to pursue, and the other 
I think they both make sense for me to pursue. Um, so mm-hmm. I think I'm going to try to get the band back together. That's the first thing I'm going to try to do. How's Mona doing these days? Mona Darling. Mona Darling. Oh, okay. Uh, so for listeners who didn't listen to season one, to just and to just refresh everyone's memories, Mona Darling was the single surviving member of the old Rising Moon Sword School that we saw in season one, the one led by Ramu the Golden. And I think she's the only one to have survived, actually. And yeah, anything else you want to add about her, Bidrohi? You have her as a contact. So last we saw her, she was pretty fucked up after having... Did, what did Moss do to her? I think Moss did something really fucked up to her, didn't... Sorry, not, not Moss. Moss. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Joan. 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 Joan bit, yeah. her, bit her face. Uh, yeah. Quite savagely. Like, mm. Yeah, and, and then... And then um, Vickers turned up to her hospital room with Joan to make very clear that if she tried to take revenge for the fact that every single person in her mm-hmm. crew got fucking murdered, then the woman who bit her face off may come back to finish the job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She has yeah. taken psychological harm as much as physical harm. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, what's, what's the reason yeah, that she's yeah. not part of the school? Bidri, I think it's important that you say, like, why doesn't she just hang out with you guys? Uh, main reason is that the school dissolved. Uh, yeah. The school dissolved, and this thing that that uh, that is that's kind of like a coalesced now. It was largely like Bidri just hanging out with like the two people who were still like uh, big biggest Ramo fans in the universe. Uh, Murad and uh, Bolt Murad and Pilot, and then of course some other people started joining and all that. Uh, you know, side is like you know the fo- the fo- the the Rising Moon's uh, sword style and all that. Um, we have to kind of like uh, keep that going, but like I guess what I'm saying is that this school that we have now is has like no real continuity with the old one. It just happens to have some of the same people, and it just happens to have me. So there was like no yeah. particular reason for her to want to join, and I think like she just kind of I, she's on my contact list, but like I don't think we're friends as such, especially yeah. not after Ramu got uh, got himself and everyone she loves killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she wasn't a particularly big fan of Ramu. She was not his darling after all. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I think that uh, she can now be found in the district of Uduasha known as the Hand, which is mm. three great shafts stabbed into the ground, looking like fingers, hence the district of the hence the name of the district. It's the mining quarters of Uduasha where people dig up the star metal that fell alongside the star. It's a crowded, noisy and clanging district, and one with very few Ketrisi in it, because not a lot of the Ketrisi well know much about mining or but you know, some people drift over there looking for jobs, looking for work. Hmm. And so she lives somewhere there among the Chainbreaker University and the uh, mining shafts and the strange crews that sometimes delve under Uduasha in search of artifacts. And she's joined one of them, in fact. Yeah. She's a treasure hunter now. I'm going to try, I'm going to try to, con- I'm going to try to convince her to come back. And... There's a few ways we could think about this mechanically, and I'd like to think about them mechanically before we have the scene. 
Um, so it's not like a long-term project, right? I want this to happen. Uh, so yep. either an acquired asset. So we could see her as like, a, I don't know, some expert that we acquire as an asset. Or like if we succeed, then we just write her name as part of the cohort. Like she just joins okay. the school. Yeah. Yep. I think yeah, it's logical. Yeah, I think that might be better. Like she just becomes mm -hmm. part of the team instead of adding another cohort. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go try to convince her to that you know we have a thing going on. She must have heard about it, and now we need we we need all swords back. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm going to go. I'm going to bring. Yep. So Prince, who do you think was was a better friend to her, Balmurad or Pilot? I think it was Pilot, your quiet okay. crew member who's never spoken a word. But I so think Pilot was closer too. I'm going to bring Pilot, and if Saidanti wants to come, I would like to bring Saidanti with me. I suppose I should probably come. Sure. Uh -huh. mm. yeah. Okay, we will yeah. start here then, and then, then I will cut back to, because I have a scene for Clem in mind also. Oh, okay. cool. Um, I would say uh, Clementine would certainly be interested in being invited along, given her vice of ancestral steel. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, would 100% be Absolutely. into that. Yeah, come yeah, on, come oh, on. In should Mushvik it, come as well? In that case, everyone, everyone. should come. Yeah. We're all yeah. coming. Yeah. Uh, okay. We, should, we uh, shouldn't be walking around on our own anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we are holding hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so out of character, like um, Mushvik is uh, it's still wanted. So how, how much of a trouble problem is it going to be for him to just walk around like... Is it even possible to do that without getting? No, I mean, it's it's possible. Like law enforcement is not particularly strong in Uduasha. It's just a risk, right? But I mean, you can put on a disguise or something. Yes, yes, there even uh, is subterfuge oh, supplies yes, I, as an item you course. can mark. So no, no, I, I, no, I, I, I uh, no, put on no. a disguise, and <laughs> uh, uh, because it is entirely uh, within, like it's the kind of thing which we would do. And... <laughs> okay, can what we have your business? Let's hear about exactly his disguise once we're actually in, uh, because uh -huh. I really want to see uh, Mona react to whatever bullshit he's got going on. <laughs> That's how I want to find out about what he's wearing. Okay. <laughs> okay, sure. So we cut to the scene and we'll find out what Mushfik is wearing yes. in the scene. Okay, fine. Let's start with Mona then. I was uh, not expecting this is where the session would begin, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned wanting to speak to her weeks and weeks ago, and we never got around to it. I think this is the time. Yep. yep. In, uh, in the hand, in the mining district, there is a wall called the Wall of Souls, which commemorates a mining accident that happened generations ago at this point. Um, and yeah, it's a wall of the names of people who have died in the mines. And there is a small uh, drinking hole that overlooks this, just like a small uh bar slash restaurant from which you can see the wall and uh, the people who come there to pay their respects to the dead it will be at this bar that you meet her i don't even think it has a name it's just like a place people have set up to go drink nearby people just say at the wall and it's a small and rickety ramshackle place a thatched roof to keep away some some rain nestled in right where the Rainwater spills down and needs to be pumped up by the great pumps and poured into the steamworks. This is where you find Mona. 
and she looks quite different. Uh, you have word via the Ketrisi refugee community that she lives here. And uh, yeah, let's introduce her. Let's do a bit of a round. Starting with Tree, because you're the person who introduced Mona. So what's like her, her build? What about her hasn't changed? You know, we know her face has, but... Yeah, um, I think she remains uh, physically fit. Um, I always imagined her as someone who was very fast. Um, and I think she remains nimble now. Um, and I think the thing that like anyone who knew her before still recognizes in her now is that kind of like ability to always um, to respond to anything like mm -hmm. almost instantly. Yeah. So she, she is fast and she is alert of her surroundings. Very well. Mm. Uh, she did receive a horrifying facial injury and she has uh, done something to deal with this. And I will ask Mushfik here, what has she done? Is it surgery? Is it a mask? Is it like, how has she attempted to, to heal this injury have, or hide it? I don't, I don't think she could afford surgery. No, I was going to say a mask. Like, I think yeah. it would be a mask. Like, or, okay. uh, like, so is it her entire face that's fucked up or just maybe parts, parts of her face? Just part of her face. She yeah, receives like, like a very savage bite to one Yeah, so yeah. It, it'd be like a half mask or something, you know, where mm -hmm. only the affected part is covered. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what does it look like? Just in general, the vibes. Is it like an iron mask, a wood mask? I was gonna. I was thinking like, um, I guess the material doesn't matter, right? But I, I assume it's been painted, like mm -hmm. where, um, like, it painted in the way. Like, I, I guess she figured that you know, that's it's gotta be a conversation piece, right? Everyone's gotta be like, "What the hell happened to your face?" Might as well make it look nice. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So she has a decorated mask, mm. one that's actually kind of eye catching. Mm. Uh. Yeah, but very Sufi, well. Because she works mm. in mines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's not she's not terribly rich. I think she's a little bit better off than most of the other miners because she engages in RKO mining. Mm. The, oh, is that what she does? Mm. Yeah, okay, she's, that's with, good she's with a gang that delves a little deeper. Mm. I mean, you know, she's still a dangerous such... person, not just a humble laborer. That's such a cool name, RKO mining. Yes. Um, uh, she's a cool tree. woman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Bidruhi or Klo, tell me what her uh, equipment and gear is like. Because again, you know, she's not just a miner, right? She does some dangerous stuff. So, what what sort of odds and ends and knickknacks and weapons and stuff does she carry? Uh, Tree, remind me what her fighting style was. I, I remember that she had like a small list for this. Do you remember it? Oh yeah. Uh, give me one second because I have written this down somewhere. I, I like maybe maybe she's she fights with a sickle because again this is falling star right mm -hmm. um so, so sickle and kicking i guess yeah mm -hmm. uh -huh. but i will say what she uses for work she's an archaeo miner right that's uh mm -hmm. that's the higher end shit and this is yeah. the hand this is probably the most uh dusk volian part of uduasha right yeah yeah mm -hmm. uh she uses She's got like a a backpack with a sparkcraft battery, and she's got a long drill lens. Oh, okay. 
So, yep. okay, that's weird. All right, yes. so she's got a, an electroplasmic drill as a weapon. Yeah, on the... So that you can also stab people with it. Mounted on a spear. Uh, this is just how, this. Yeah, this is how, what they use to well, archaeomine. Okay, excellent. Yes. And lastly, Clem, uh, I have saved the most the the question for you, which is actually in character. This is what Clementine sees. What to you strikes you as most dangerous about this woman? All the other things entirely aside. Oh, I think um, she's not got her back to the wall or anything. She's right in the middle of the um, restaurant bar, mm. maybe even near the overlook. And yeah. we, when we approach her, she's got her back to us, mm -hmm. completely aware of we're there, but yeah. it's a little bit of an insult there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, she is eating a bowl of snails. And uh, as you approach, she like crunches down one of the shells against the table, just audibly. And there is a crack to notify that she has noticed you. And she turns slightly so that you see the masked side of her face. And uh, she just says, Ketrisi. Mm, so she would say that if she didn't immediately notice me, right? Because she yes. would know me. So yeah. I'm also and I, because you're, you're not you're doing a big that long. Group of people entering, so I think maybe yeah. she noticed it from your dialect as you were talking right. to each other as you entered or something. Yeah, but there um, aren't a lot of Ketrisi here. They stand out a little. Yeah, and she asked the question in Ketrisi as mm. well. Yes. Mm. Remind me how long it's been since everything went down since the events of season one. We talked about it. I don't remember. Yeah, Is I don't a year? remember either. At least a couple of hours, right? Couple hours, well, a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, year, a year or two. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Because it was a year before even we started season one, and then some time's mm -hmm. passed between season one and season two of this camp. So, mm -hmm. okay. So, the reason she doesn't go hello, Bidruhi, is not because she didn't see me first, because I would obviously be at the forefront with uh, Saida. It's because when I used to be a, an apprentice, my dad would make me shave my head. Ah, yeah. As a ritual humiliation. Yeah, you look different. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'd be like, hello, hello, Mona. It's me, Bidruhi. Do you remember me? It's, I, I'm Ramusan, Bidruhi. How are you doing? You look very, what the hell is that thing in your hand? It's uh, a drill. Mm -hmm. It's a, a I guess. drill. If you're. Referring to yeah, it. yeah. yeah and she had reached for it because she just noticed potential danger about, and now her hand withdraws from it, mm -hmm. and she says, "Bidruhi, you like snails? Fucking love a good snail. Okay, amazing, Mona. You were always, uh, you know, you were always so generous. Everyone, come around. Let's all get some snails in together. Oh, I'm sorry, hey, so hurry. Hey. Uh, Didn't say everyone. I said, Bidruhi, you like snails? Yes, I like snails, but come on, Mona. These are my, these are, this is the, this is the Rising Moon Sword School. No, They're all like brother. Mona. Would you like to test that statement? No, uh, hmm? auntie, 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 please. I told you, that's, 
it's a it's a difficult history okay but yes, Mona. which is why i have permitted you but let me tell you i will not take any insult about our school not from someone who cannot back it up ustad j clev may say what he likes he could cut us in half this is going very poorly and it hasn't even begun yet how okay guys guys Saidanti, Mona. Uh, okay, this is Mona. This is Saidanti. Saidanti is absolute badass, rising moon swords woman straight from uh, Khatam village in Ketris, uh, where you know. I, so I don't think Mona is actually uh, from from Khatam. No, I, no, I, yeah. think she's I, I don't even know that Ramu was. Your mother was, right? Oh so yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and she's straight from Khatam. You know my hometown, and these are the other people in the school oh there's pilot you remember pilot hello pilot mm -hmm. pilot nods yes of course, like, of course pilot yeah. nod. uh, tossing <laughs> her hair back and then mm -hmm. she approaches she sits down and she grabs a snail <laughs> and yeah. and uh, mona tilts her head looks at her and says yeah right one bidruhi mm. i'm just giving you because you're a kid you need them to grow okay it's protein mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Healthy breakfast makes man healthy, wealthy, and wise. He says, and sits down, and he takes a snail, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, she is pointedly being very rude to the rest of you by not oh, yeah. inviting you to eat, right? But uh -huh. that's how it uh, but, goes. Yeah. But I'll be like, and you know, okay. So Mona doesn't want to share her snails with everyone, but we can all get some snails. Uh, waiter, get some snails. Uh, and uh, before I get distracted, I was apologizing to Clementine, and now I'm speaking Hadrati. Uh, uh -huh. Apologizing ah, yes. to Clementine because we should conduct this conversation in Hadrati so that our Severosi companion can understand this. See, look, what do you mean? The, the this is in the Rising Moon Source School. We are going international now, Mona. Several, he says, and she turns and looks at Clem. And I think this is the first time there's eye contact between Mona and Clem, who had so far not been like paying you a huge amount of attention. But there is this, she makes eye contact, she sizes you up, and tries to get a sense of you. And I think mm. she immediately understands that you're a very dangerous person. I think that much is obvious about what? you. What? She didn't get that from me, but she got it from Clem? I gotta work uh, on my stink eye. Uh, yes. Clem is uh, very much stink eyeing the fact she's got this mask on. Where'd you mm, get that yeah. mask? Very sensitive uh, matter, uh, Clementine. Let's uh, not. <laughs> yeah, she, she grins underneath the mask, and then she she says, "Found it in the depths, some kind of ancient magic thing." And she's bullshitting. Is... Like, she's yeah. not even trying not to be. But the yeah. fact that it might be real, like, settles over the table for a moment, right? There are weird oh. artifacts in the hand. Can I? Can I? Can I do something weird? Can I do something uh -huh. weird? Yeah. Um, so we know that uh, the King of Lies was also somewhere down there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so can I attune to this mask and make it so that she blessed this mask before it came into her possession? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Saida. You have you have sure. that you can screw with the flow of time. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. 
And yeah. like we we established that some kind of ontological shift occurred with the king of lies down in Ithri. So uh -huh. maybe this is part of that, and maybe it will always have been part of that. And also, this is sure. definitely not a test run. So well, you, you know. can try. You can try. Yeah. Uh, so right. it's, risky, it's risky standard for you to take Excellent. this lie and make it true. Would you like some maybe, assist yeah. on that? Yes, I would love an assistance on this. Oh, hundred percent. I want that. Mask. How are you assisting though? <laughs> Mm -hmm. So you're reaching back into the flow of time and making it so, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that needs a lot of energy. Clem's yes. got a lot of energy to spare. Ooh, yes. Very maybe, good. maybe Saida Auntie um, kind of pretends to be a little bit feeble for a moment. Clem offers an mm. arm, a bit of physical yes. contact. Mm. Okay, Great. so you're just kind of leeching off energy, yeah. That's what yeah, happens when yeah. you get two locked doom fans together, locked in a room. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I understand what's happening here. Very yeah, good. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's fine. I'm not. Okay. I, in fact, I just realized. Shit, you're my cav. Well, it's fine. I'll definitely eat you alive to become immortal. That's totally uh -huh. fine. I don't mind doing that. And you'll always, Risky. I'll always be a part of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, risky standard one bonus die, right? Yes. <laughs> Let's see how uh, this goes. Two sixes. Okay, so you critically succeed. Uh, yes, Mona's mask is magical. You have established it thus. She said it. Uh, she was bullshitting yeah. when she said it. But I think what we realize is so, uh, you know. She still got this mask made for her before she became an Archeo Miner, because it was just to cover up a disability. What what happens yeah. here, I think, what makes sense is that the paint is from down there. There's like mm. some yes. sort of weird pigments on it that yeah. maybe someone found them and painted them on, or maybe the mask just kind of changed when she was mm. down there. And yeah. so the critical success is not only is the mask magical, but you tell me what it does. You yeah. two sixes, I think... so I think it's just fair. <laughs> Yeah, I think that um, what the paint does is that it, and again, this, I'm linking this to the House of Lies or the King of Lies thing, mm -hmm. is that the more she wears it, the more the flesh underneath resembles the mask that she wears. And okay. it resembles the painted on face, right? Um, and this is why, like, she can't afford surgery, but she can definitely afford some weirdo fucked up arcane nonsense. But okay. also, she didn't know that was happening until now, right? Um, yeah. So, so her face like, is transforming. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I think like over mm -hmm. time. It's not like a fast uh, thing, yeah. but yeah. Um, very slowly. And it's not even necessarily healing, because I don't know that like the face on the mask is like a normal face. It's like a stylized mm. something, right? Yep. So that's okay. what's happening. That's fun. Yeah. Very good. She, so she looks over you and she grins as she says this like bullshit line about how it's an ancient magical mask. And then the mask yeah. also grins. <laughs> yes. As she says yeah. it. So yeah. Um, and I think I will just like I'm gonna uh, rest my hand on Clem's shoulder. You know, she's taking some sport, and I will say, um, "You should be careful what you pick up down there." Well, not my call. I've got a job now, I've got a crew. Hmm. Mona, I didn't know you were all about that 9 to 5 grind. Mona, that's not the kind of person that I remember you being. 
you were always like a badass with a sword and like you know there was a reason everyone called you darling everyone was like this like you know absolute like uh like badass rolling through the streets that's the kind of that's the mona that i remember where is she oh uh, by the way uh since you said the cruise going uh international uh, i think that's a good time to describe what mushrik's wearing as a disguise yes. <laughs> what i had in mind uh, yeah. so, i forgot about that yeah so uh he's he's wearing uh just a massive uh naval coat like it's blue and it's, got, it's, it's mainly blue with like yellows and oranges no, 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 no. It, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows where he picked this up from, or even what nation's navy this is, right? Uh-huh. And and he's got an eye patch. Okay. Oh, so he's got an eye patch. Navy. Interesting. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and listen, everyone knows what a cool badass you are, and like you can see that our crew is full of all sorts of badasses. We have Saidanti here. We have Golden Knight Clementine, pilot always, like you know, like doesn't say a single word because there's no need to speak to someone if you're going to kill them, right? Isn't that right, Pilot? Exactly, yes. That's yeah. absolutely. Pilot says. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of words, but it's out. Mm-hmm. And we have Captain Mackerel here, fresh uh, from Dagger Islanders Navy. Absolute Stone Cold Badass Corsair Pirate. Uh, yeah, I see it. Do you have the lion? He says, and he looks at you. And her, her boyfriend, who died, was nicknamed the Lion. Just, yeah. Yes. Just yeah, he was. FYI. That's true. And yeah. she just looks at you dead-eyed and asks you, do you? No. Yes. The Lion is dead. Ramu is dead. B is dead. That other guy with the long name, I forget what it was. He's also dead. They're all dead. You, you know all this, Puna. I can't have the lion because he's dead. Will you hold it against me that this is the case? Eh, you asked me what happened to that Mona. Now you know. That's true. Fine. Makes sense. People change. You you have changed. I have also changed. You remember me as being little bitch of a boy. Ramu's son. Uh, now, I am still Ramu's son. That boy hasn't gone away, but I'm someone else on top of it now. And you are now someone else on top of the old Mona. But that Mona's still there. And I'm also sure that this new Mona is also an absolute badass. Okay, you I, fa- think, I think you're set up for a role. I think yeah. this is a good point for it. Yeah, I'll, and I'll say what my thing actually, what I'll, I was about to finish my pitch, which is, and okay, new job and all that, I understand, but, there's a reason you took up the sickle sword. It was to protect the Ketrisi people and to give us something worth believing in. And now people are trying to destroy, not destroy us, just as we were destroyed before. And you can't tell me that there isn't something in you that responds to that. And now, Uro. Absolutely. So, sway or uh, I think it's sway. I think you're trying to persuade her. And mm-hmm. I think that there is some risk involved here. I don't think mm-hmm. this is just straightforwardly like an acquire asset or something. Uh, I think it's controlled for now. Uh, actually, I'll start it off with controlled limited. I think it's it's reasonable. And limited will be you can get her help temporarily. 
but she won't be like completely persuaded. You can like ask her for a favor. So you can trade that up to risky standard if you want. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to go for risky standard. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, yeah, would I be able to set that up price. to increase the effect? Mm -hmm. I'm feeling that uh, Clem steps up to Mona. Mm -hmm. And the old school's the old school's dead, right? And you're languishing in the depths. Do something. Do something good. Okay, so it's a setup action. Okay, uh, sure. Yeah. Clem, it's a setup action. Uh, you can roll it as way or command or consort as you please, and it will be. Hmm, risky standard, let's just call it risky standard because it's a mm -hmm. setup action. And the risk you are taking is Mona uh, having an opinion on you or finding something out about you, depending on how this goes. Sounds good. I'm going to go for commands. I'm commanding obedience um, with mm -hmm. my force of personality. And nice. I will also yep. push myself for an extra die. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, risky standard. That's a four. Yeah. Okay. So Bidruhi is set up and she mm. looks at you and uh, uh, she, you know, takes, takes in Clem for a moment. And then she says, you didn't lose people like I did. You left. I'm going to resist that. Uh -huh. Fuck you. No. Uh -huh. She doesn't know that. By having uh -huh. had so many people die. Uh -huh. They all died. Yeah. Fuck you, yeah, they yeah. all died. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's just, you know, what she is saying is, you know, I fought to the end, I just happened to survive and you didn't. And that's maybe yeah. true if you don't resist this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um... What what shall I resist with? They're all equal, so it doesn't really matter. It's probably resolve. But, yeah, think. it makes sense to be a resolve, right? Just mm -hmm. no no expression. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, okay. Very fucking stressed well, out by force, that. You make four stress. But I think this resists it fully. And mm. uh, so do you say anything back to her or do you just like let your expression speak for you? Yeah, just a just a sneer. Just... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then she says, Or maybe you're wearing a mask too. And I think that's that, right? She isn't sure. Mm -hmm. She throws the accusation at you, doesn't get the reaction she expected, and figures maybe she did misjudge you. Maybe you are, maybe you are uh, more experienced than you seem. Maybe this isn't just an act. Mm. Nice. And Bidrohi, sure. Uh, you are at controlled, standard, standard, or risky great. Your choice. I would like to be at risky great because mm -hmm. uh, I was thinking about this. I will. Mm -hmm. Uh, like uh, I let this exchange happen, and then mm -hmm. it turned back to Mona, and I'm mm -hmm. going to reach for her hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, I'll, and I will just say, uh, mm, trying to find, think of a name. Yeah, and I will just say, Fatima needs someone to look after her, and this is her sister. Ah, okay. there she still has people uh, left uh -huh. in Bundervist that she yep. kind of abandoned. Absolutely. So risky, great. You have been set up. Yeah. Can I have Devil's Bargain, please? Yes. Uh, okay. 
Can I assist even though you've been set up? Yes, of course yeah, you can. You can assist as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, how are then. You just how, does, says, uh, how does Captain Mackerel help? Yes. Yeah. Captain Mackerel, um, I think. I think this character is supposed to be like older than Bushwick. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, or the persona that goes, My dear, if there's anything my time in the Navy has taught me, is that the crew must always stick together. Even like. Okay. When anyone doesn't do their job, the thing go the ship goes under. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, sure. So. Um, Thank you. Uh huh. I appreciate so that. She goes. He's definitely wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's a good enough judge of character, but it still gets through to her. It's still a nice sentiment, and yeah. I have a devil's bargain for me. So you've introduced Fatima, who is Mona's sister. And mm-hmm. someone please note this down because it's getting to a tangled web of NPCs. Mm-hmm. Your devil's bargain, should you choose to accept it, is that uh, Fatima and uh, Fatima is your ex. You had a fling, you yes. don't anymore. Things are not good between you. Mm, I was going to say that is exactly mm. what I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mona does not know this yet. This, you know, was either it happened after her time or it was kept from her, but she will find out and it will complicate things. Mm. So she doesn't know that. She, that I was with Fatima, or doesn't know that I'm no longer with Fatima? Which bit? She doesn't know that you're no longer with her. Yeah. Mm. So she knows okay. that you were an item, and this is probably part of why this works, but she doesn't know that you broke up. Yeah. She's probably like, oh no, I can't, I can't leave Fatima to be defended by this fucking idiot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six, it's three, 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 three. You roll a six. I didn't need any of you. <laughs> yeah. So. Mona uh, says, like, you had to go and bring up my family, right? Okay, but you best take care of her real good, Pedrohi. Eat up the snails. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, they are, they are uh, famous aphrodisiac. Yes, I am totally with Fatima, and um, yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. She yes. stands up, she looks at Clem, and goes like, I'm sorry if I misjudged you. Sometimes, sometimes I don't really understand people as well as I think. But he is absolutely not a Navy guy, right? <laughs> she asks him, looking at Captain Mackerel. No, Mona, that is Sherekatam in clever disguise. But, but of course, you know him. I'm going to like clap my hand over Bidrohi's mouth and I will say he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like you say, he's an idiot. He is indeed Captain Mackerel, but I don't believe Captain Mackerel has ever stepped foot upon the seas. But no, no, guys, guys, Mona is not part of the crew, and everything's. Just, I'm sorry to tell you that my hand is still firmly over your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh-huh. Mona stands up and she she says, "Well, I gotta go collect my last paycheck, but I, I know where the school is. I'll make my way over there." Okay, I give a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. And she goes. Pilot, you want to watch my back while I collect my last paycheck? I'm not sure they're going to take well to it. And Pilot goes, eh, <laughs> and follows her. I'm going to try to remove the hand. I'm going to try to remove the hand on my mouth. Uh-huh. Um, you should roll for it. 
<laughs> Fine, I'll roll, roll whatever you like. Uh, I'm going to uh, roll. I'm going to roll uh, finesse because I'm not going to fight okay. Saitanti. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah, it's a three and a one. Um, I feel like what that means is, uh, as you shake your uh, head violently, I remove my hand because I'm like I don't want to get bit by you, and I will mm. say. Um, so you've learned your lesson, right? Mm. Mona, keep the cool lance thing. Steal it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you shout, steal it across the room. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Like, I literally was like, have you learned your lesson? And what he does is prove that he has not. I learned my lesson that big Sparkcraft electric drill lenses are fucking sick as shit, okay? Uh I hate this. This is very Uh true. I will... um, Who will disagree? No comment. Not me. Uh Okay. Uh, That's one thing I wanted to do. Um, I yes. can skip the other thing uh-huh. I want to do. And I, you know what? Let's stay in this scene just because it's funny. I think yes. Giscard yeah. is catching up with you. Giscard was at your oh, door yeah, guy. in that last mm. session. Yeah. But Giscard was having a back. conversation with Moss. <laughs> so yes. uh, I think now is where we introduce Giscard. So just to, to detail, he showed up at your door. He has been talking to Moss, who is not available. And Moss has informed him of what is going on. And then he has come to find you here. <laughs> in this restaurant and uh, he uh, he steps in and goes ah an excellent hiding place a very good place for a discreet conversation he shouts at the <laughs> matching his volume i'll steal it who the hell is this tall drink of water with the incredible voice uh-huh. And he steps in, and yes, this is Giscard, an extremely bribable silver nail. Uh, is he wearing I, yeah, the uniform? I feel bad about this because this is Moss's character, but no, he's not wearing the uniform. He's also in a clever disguise. So I would normally paint the scene, but now I'll just define some things about him because I feel yeah. like it would be Moss's place to decide things. So he has a black mustache, well-combed black hair. And he is currently wearing a disguise, by total coincidence, as a different nation's navy man. (laughs) (laughs) As a navy coat that doesn't match Mushfiks. But he swaggers over towards him and goes, Aha, if it isn't my old rival, Captain... Mackerel? Well, he draws it out so that Mushfik can fill him in, you see. Oh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Alright, all right, um, so sorry, who is this? <laughs> this is Moss's contact. So, okay, but, <laughs> okay, but and that was also like in um in character, I guess. Like, yes. sorry. <laughs> who is this? Yeah, who is this guy? <laughs> and he goes, Captain, who is this guy? Yes, yeah. we meet again. <laughs> 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 you know the funny yeah, thing about both your disguises? <laughs> there is only one country that has a navy. <laughs> I Which one's that? Um, is that Kuros? Kuros would have a navy. <laughs> well, the Kuros would have naval power. Yes. Yeah. He he looks over you at you and he says, hey, Look, I'm freelance. Okay. 
This is a good a place to speak as any. It's discreet, it's quiet. You did good hiding out here. No one will suspect anything suspicious going on between two rival Navy captains, the Ketrisi and the Archeo Miners. It is very normal. It is very normal, yes. <laughs> I, I, I raise my hand. <laughs> and he, since he no one was... yeah, and since no one says anything, I was like, okay, uh, very cool conversation. Who the hell are you? Ah. My apologies. I am and he lowers his voice conspicuously and leans forward and he says, Gifgard, a friend of your sister. Oh, any friend of Sister Moss's is a friend of mine. Please sit down. Here are some snails. Ah, thank you. Mm -hmm. And of course, because the Severus here aren't really French, this isn't racist. Uh, yes. He, he uh, picks up a snail, he studies it, and uh, he says, I am admittedly used to more luxurious places. And then uh, he, he like looks, looks out over the area and he says, Moss tells me you are in a load of shit, my friends. Like quite a lot of it. Um, um is going to respond to the first thing he says, which is that, huh. When you spend, uh, wait, why am I doing a French accent? When you spend enough time on the uh, in, in, in the out of MC, like I have, a place like this is like paradise. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a real captain. Yeah, he catches <laughs> on. He goes, yes, yes, paradise. Here, drinking our rum with the girls of old Uduasha. <laughs> Trails of you are miles from any ocean, by the way. You're in the desert. The funny thing is that every time Bidu says something, Silas like, what? You fucking idiot, shut the fuck up. But here's Mushvik going into full-on Captain Macaro for no reason at all, and that's fine. What do you mean, what do you mean no reason at all? I'm a wanted man, you know? Yeah. Uh, and with, with the disguise like this, the idea here, all right? The idea here is like, it's so ridiculous. Like, sh only a person who's supposed to wear this uniform will wear it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, card. Uh, he says, "Like you are in a load of shit," and he leans forward and he says, "She said you need my help." Hmm? And he just kind of looks around to confirm, like, "Is this true?" He, he, well, we are looking for help from all sorts of quarters. Unfortunately, from... not this one. Thank you for your uh, interest. That no, no, but this is a friend of, no, Clem, no, this is a friend of Sister no. Moss. What's happening his eyes, Yeah, his eyes drift over to Clem as you turn down the help. And mm -hmm. uh, he says, ah, I see. That's very much too bad. And what do you Clem... see? I don't know what's going on. Like, why, Clem? What's going on? Why, why do you not like this, uh, this, this, this sea captain? Do you like? Are you afraid of the water? Something along those lines. Yeah. Well, that's fine because I can confirm that this is just a disguise. This man isn't a real sea captain. It's fine. Thank you, Betray. <laughs> <laughs> can I help you? Please, can I just help you? Can I? Yes, of course you can. Please, uh, I think Clem kind of slaps uh, Bidgey <laughs> on the back. Like, yes, thank you for your help. Clarifying that this is not this is not a sea captain. Yeah, if you're afraid of the sea, 
and this man isn't a real sea captain, then I don't see the word problem. The problem is, it's it all makes sense. Besides, that, jump in anytime, anytime you want. Yeah, so I will just uh, stand up, um, and I will look him in the eye, and I will say, um, I hope it's clear that you are not welcome here. But I think it would be impolite to uh, send you off without uh, so much as a goodbye. So how about I walk you to the door? And I think this is going to be my clever way of like being like, oh, you can still help us, but you got to make sure that like Clementine does not find out. Because the yeah. best way of being a crew is to having secrets from each other, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. 100%. Okay. So he yeah, stands yeah. up. He's, he, he's walked away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to be clear, just to establish out of character here, right? The reason that Clem doesn't trust this man is that the silver nails are Severosi cops, basically, right? And you don't mm -hmm. like, you don't like the police and you don't like people who have a connection to your military past. Yeah. 100%. Were you yeah. a silver nail? I don't remember. Oh, no. No. Oh, well, we haven't established. I don't think Clem was, but... Probably was. Over his dead body. Yeah, but <laughs> so which is by which I mean, I'm taking his uh, horse. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, take that. No, the reason I'm asking is because you were a Severusi who fought in the Unity War, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So were there other Severusi except the Silver Nails who fought for the Empire in the Unity War? Yeah, I reckon there was a conscription. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. That's so it was not by choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But these guys fought for this. Yeah. Mm. The silver nails yeah. chose to, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Then I think, uh, unless, so assuming you're uh, willing to let uh, Giscard be walked out by Saida, I'm going to keep everyone distracted. Uh, I think the last thing everyone hears uh, before we kind of close the door and the scene kind of cuts away. Is Bidra saying, Clem? See, it's fine. Just as, just as Captain Mackerel is secretly Sherekatam in disguise and not a real sea captain, that man was not a real sea captain either. I understand that fear of the sea is very, very powerful. Like there's so many fucked up things in there, but it's fine. You're safe. We're so many miles inland. Mm -hmm. That's why I left Sunfall. Too much yeah. sea. Good idea. Too many sailors. I wouldn't bother. <laughs> I wouldn't bother visiting. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we established that it's hell on earth or something, right? Um, and Mushfik will like is listening to all of this, uh, and he like sagely nods and says that mm, I don't know a sailor anywhere, and he's not one. <laughs> oh God. And Giscard is walked out by Saida, <laughs> and as soon as you're out on the streets, I guess he goes. Yeah. Uh, so. Is this some kind of game you are playing, you and Moss? Hmm? Saida. No, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Saida is uh, going to do something that like, maybe they haven't done ever before on screen, um, which is that they will um, look at like somebody who is also outside the pub and like see if they can bum a fag. Um, yep. And like just like, like, look at uh, Giscard and say, do you, do you want one? Ah, thanks. Yes, I appreciate it. Yeah, so like, I'll just like, you know, slip them a couple of slugs to like, uh, mm. make it, make up with, um, make, make, make the sum up, whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, mm. Pay them back. And um, as I light it and take a drag, I will say, um, the, Rising Moon School is 
a collection of very difficult and tricky people. And you've just met our most recent recruit, who is not, I don't think, any less difficult or tricky than the rest of us. I do not think that she likes silver nails very much. And I do not think that she likes you very much either. Well, the feeling is very much uh, mutual. However, you really are in a lot of trouble. From what Moss told me, this is a serious matter and uh, you want out, right? We need all the help we can get. Hmm. Well, every single person who is known to be linked to us is under threat. Um, I got a very nice letter earlier today telling me that if I don't stop fishing in the Ruby Jetty, that uh, one of the Ustads of the Falling Star School will send, sell somebody, send somebody around to slit my throat. Um, and I do not think for a single second that it was a coincidence that a demon of Ixis offered us a very convenient deal against the Frusan, just as all this blew up. Look, we of the Empire do not meddle in the affairs of the demon houses. It's much too dangerous and politically sensitive, but we are aware of them, of course. There is a play between Ixis and Rakis. That much I can tell you. And uh, it seems Ixis has acted first with regards to you, but the other one will too. And probably more directly than just the school. Hmm? Yes. I can... That... No, go on. I can tell you this much. I don't know the details of the feud or the squabbling, but the thing that approached you, it is most interested in uh, in one of the Falling Star Sword mem school members dying in Bundavest. Why, I cannot say. It's part of its ploy. So, you kill anyone, even someone who comes after you and yours, you play straight into its hands. It's a demon of Ixis. I can't claim to know exactly what it is planning. No, this does not surprise me. It gave us a deal we could not afford to refuse. So that when we did its bidding, we would have no choice. I am no oh, fan of the Empire myself, but I have no luxury in this case. Pitrohi is right that if you are a friend of Moss's, you are a friend of mine. Well, all I, I wish you. Mm -hmm. No, says, well, I offer my assistance, but I do want you to know roughly what this thing is planning, and it will be all too easy for some of the prize pawns of Rakis to go missing in your district, which is exactly what it hopes. Yes. If you would not be averse to assisting us, then. I will endeavor to ensure that Clementine and you do not happen to operate in the same theater of this war 
there is much that needs doing and not enough people to do it and i will not turn away your help and indeed i'm grateful to you for it and i'm grateful to moss for arranging it i can only hope that you understand that i cannot afford to turn clementine away either of course i am quite understanding of the situation we are not the most popular organization in sunfall he says with a <laughs> not in smile. <laughs> oh no that's yeah. not true i think i think in uduasha they have like a they're kind of celebrities because they're very sexy mm -hmm. sure but i think they're also like the the imperial power right like yeah yeah, yeah. Um, also i think it's like the empire yeah people yeah. just generally hate the empire but like the silver nails are kind of like the pr like way in which the the imperial propaganda can kind of filter in because these guys are you know real badasses mm -hmm. people like several yeah, yeah. in general here i'm yeah. hearing that they're the k-pop idols then of the empire oh my, i wish you yeah. hadn't said that i was gonna say they're the marine corps of the empire in that like they're, they're what all the films and the propaganda are made of but now that you've said mm -hmm. k-pop idols i mm -hmm. guess this guy has a really good singing voice uh-huh um yeah. this is anyway, not canon. yeah yeah anyway yeah. he he finishes um, his cigarette and uh, says mm -hmm. that we are not popular in sunfall and what do you say yeah oh i said um you are not popular in uduasha either uh, yeah from your point of view maybe that's true and he yeah. says well count yourselves lucky that you don't have to deal with the ghosts i can imagine why that woman has something against us you don't take kindly to the people who bury your friends. Neither, I I'll think... remind you, will House Anrakis. Mm. Yeah, and I think that, to be honest, this is something that Saida is not super familiar with, because both where they grew up and mm -hmm. in Uduwasha, and like generally in, I think, um, Aruvia, wherever they've traveled, like ghosts are not as common a problem as they mm. are in Perus or Severus, right? Yeah. So it is something like quite different. Um, and I think that they will also like finish their cigarette, drop it, stub it on the ground, whatever, step on it, I guess. Um, and then she will say, there are allies that I must meet to discuss some of this demonic business. If you come with me to meet them, perhaps we can make use of each other's networks and avoid Clementine in the doing. <laughs> Meet them. I have only one question. Where? I will send you the location. It will be in Ashcloister. Ah, Ashcloister. All right. I was about to say I'm not going to an establishment like this again. These snails are horrible. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> one must eat them to be polite. I mean, uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, this is not yeah. motivated by greed. Ash Cloister is just a much nicer district. One hundred percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. And I think um, I'm going to turn around, and basically, as I walk back in, I'll say, um, "Sorry, I just gasping for a cigarette." And like me smoking, and like that conversation happening to last the uh, length of a cigarette was like the excuse for like why i went out and i didn't come yeah. back in right so it's uh, just a little more plausible deniability yeah mm -hmm. yeah all right i think that wraps the scene you have mm. mona i just back. have w one question for clementine and i think mm -hmm. like uh, as i'm eating snails I ask her 
Actually, no, it wouldn't make sense for me to ask it because I, I am convinced, I think in character that you're afraid of the ocean and that's why you didn't like that mm. guy. But how did you know he was a silver nail? Because he didn't come in the uniform and he was pretending to be a sea captain. Uh-huh. The silver nails wear silver nails as in the form yeah. of the ring. They're very yeah. obvious. But that's that's the, yeah. that's what I, that's why I'm saying that he wouldn't have mm. been wearing that, right? No, I think is he would have. Else? I think he would oh, okay. even if even undercover. Because the thing is, the 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 silver that they wear is their only defense against ghosts. And I think uh, there are no ghosts in Uduasha, but I don't see a silver nail taking that off. Like mm. they get pretty fucking paranoid about ghosts. And it's discreet mm. enough if no one looks directly at your hands, right? Probably he was wearing lots of rings. Just one of them happens to be the silver uh, ring. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. You, yeah. If you know what you look for, it's there. Yeah, maybe um, it's a custom in Severus to look at each other's hands mm. when you see somebody. Yeah. Or maybe you just looked because you recognized he was Severus. Oh, 100%. You figured something like, didn't add up. And yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think they take those rings off. It's one that of those, sense. like, because if they do, they are defenseless against ghosts, and they are people who have seen what ghosts can do up close, right? Maybe yeah. they have like, uh, so there's a spider ability, ghost contract, right? Like if you break your contract, then you immediately suffer a fate worse than death. Mm. Maybe they have those about never taking the ring off. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Especially because I think it's implied that the ghost fighter ability comes from the silver nail itself not like anything innate yeah mm -hmm. like you become a silver nail and you get that ability because of the silver nail mm -hmm. very cool yep yep okay so guest card is helping is going to help us and yep. we have acquired mona uh -huh. and i mean these they hold an interesting position, right? Because they are partly Severosi cops, but I imagine since Severos is more like sparsely inhabited, they're not so much police as much as they are like the Inquisition. <laughs> so <laughs> like they show up, they kill all the ghosts, dissolve, deal with the problems, kill anyone who may or may not be possessed and salt the earth kind of thing. You know, so you can... yeah. One of the things that I was thinking, because I was doing a little bit of like Severosi world building for something that never didn't end up taking taking off, and uh, Salty, you can veto this or whatever yeah. because you're the resident Severosi representative here. Um, but the thing I was thinking was that uh, Silver Nails are kind of like a pariah group in Severus because they threw in with the Empire, so they're like made up of like. Uh, Kind of oppressed tribes and so on who are still like badass fighters who have to live in the wilderness and they can't live in the fortress cities so you know it's a sort of like strange sort of like thing where through imperial influence they are now yeah these inquisitors and so on but like the traditional role has been like almost untouchable yeah i like that that's that's a good way to do it i yeah. think that might be, that might add another reason why clementine doesn't like them maybe there's a little bit of like lingering prejudice against mm. who they're really supposed to be in the culture i don't know if that's something you're interested in but maybe yeah. it's part of it yeah consider that yeah. yeah i think that's definitely interesting that they are, they are pariahs yeah consider making your character racist <laughs> or racist <laughs> yeah uh but anyway, that's just something I was thinking. So what happens now? I was about to get to that. Um, mm. What happens now 
is, I mean, problem hasn't gone away. You have Mona, you're bringing yeah. her back to the sword school. Yeah. But I think <clears throat> Falling Star School is basically yeah. getting like, they're snooping around not because they don't know where your lair is. They know perfectly well where your lair is. They're snooping around because yeah, they're well, trying to find. Right? Yeah, <clears throat> they're snooping around because they're trying to find an angle of attack, like a way to make this legitimate. Because okay. they may be at war with you, but they're a little bit too refined to just show up and kick ass, right? Mm. <clears throat> but I think Unlike they Nabu, have their... who yeah. genuinely thought he could just show up and kick ass. <laughs> yes. Uh, but they have a couple of angles. They have the arrest warrant out on Mushvik. They have the thing on Tumdurji. They are setting traps for you like this. And so unless you want to do something else, they're going to set the next uh, the next trap, simply. Okay. I think it makes sense for us to take the initiative here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say that we can't just wait around and yeah. put out fires. We should do something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The wrinkle, uh, as Saida mm -hmm. has just learned, is that if you kill any of them, that somehow fulfills one of the demon's agendas. And I suppose yeah, you do kill like, this. Yeah, I'm going to like make clear that like we shouldn't be killing anybody anyway. But I will say, probably, like I'm not immediately, because again, I don't want to give away the fact that like I got this from the guy that like Clementine just told mm -hmm. kindly fuck off. Um, I'll pretend that I got it from Mr. Rohini or something, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's where I've been getting most of my information from anyway. How are they good? Um, yeah. mm -hmm. But I will be like, one of the key reasons we shouldn't kill anybody is it'll play into the demon's hands. And I will say, and we have to try really carefully to make sure like we wanted to kill them and then we fucked up. Because if it looks like we just didn't want to kill them, the demon's going to know, and then we'll get fucked up. Have a response yeah. to so, has, The demon has not told you to kill these people specifically, mind yeah, you. Yeah, but you I mean, it's, it's a demon yeah. of being underneath the, mm -hmm. the dirt underneath Ixus's yes. feet. It's going to suspect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, someone else can respond to this if they want, because they take up a lot of spotlight. But I can, uh, but I do have something I want to say. I had um, beginnings of an idea, I guess. Uh, so, how's um, hum, where's Humbi Rao in all of this? Like, is he acting against us? He's also supposed to be like Moss's trainer, right? Yeah. So the plan that I had, and I may as well be open with this, is that Humbi Rao actually was going to give Moss some sort of warning, and so right. I suppose. That, that probably happens. has happened, but for whatever reason, Moss is not getting it through to you. Um, right. So this information was now introduced to you in other ways. But mm. essentially, he likes Moss enough that he can be frank with her. Like, he's not going to not go to war with you because he has yeah. to. He has orders. But he can tell her. So I was thinking of working some angle where, because um, last season, sorry, last session, we were, uh, like Moshe was talking a lot about um, the Ketrasi, like resistance being divided and conquered, right? And think it would be um, in his mind, and you know, kind of nice, and maybe to do, try something like that, where we can kind of uh, cause divisions amongst the like the falling star, and we know that they're pretty individualistic anyway, right? So if we can and uh, somehow convince Hambirau to uh, defect. The fact, oh, not not necessarily the fact, but or at least like, um, like I mean, ideally, the the falling star would start fighting themselves and, yeah, you know, mm. take care of themselves. Okay. But 
I, I just want. I want. Uh, okay, here, I'll tell you what I want. I want mm-hmm. Humbirao to not trust the Falling Star anymore. Okay. That's what. I, that's the angle I want. Okay. Yeah. I think we can do that, and I have an angle here. So, uh, I think briefly in character. Mm-hmm. So we discussed. So yeah, Saida tells us that you know we can't kill anyone because of these occult reasons, mm-hmm. and I think uh, Bidrohi's eyes just kind of go wide, and he says, "But of course we can't kill any of them." Auntie, these are okay, I understand. Okay, this is a very good reason also to not kill them, but I don't think we should have been doing it anyway because consider who these are. These aren't just some thugs. These aren't like jackals people or omits people or whatever. They come in and they're like nameless thugs. These are people who people know every single one of their names. These are celebrities. These are people in the limelight. They're like like you know. I of course everyone's a badass. Everyone is a everyone's great, but these are like badasses with like poems written about them right even the thing you were saying auntie about like we should try very hardest to make it look like we're killing them even that is very dangerous i think because then we have to fix this is the problem really like how do we stop them without getting into trouble and and Maybe the solution is that they are all like badasses with poems written about them. And um, Captain Mackerel says, ah, a mutiny. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a, a, a mutiny of like, if you have so many prima donnas together, then like, how can they, they're, you know, they, they, they are all in the same school, but you know, they're always fighting each other in the ring and so on. How can they be working together on this? We have to show they them that they need can. To be working. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be working together on this. They just need to be scared enough of Jack Lev. Okay. So what we need to do is convince them, some of them, that being scared of Jack Jack Lev is still less of an incentive than something else that they really want. Hmm. Exactly, Auntie. I like the way you're thinking. What do they care about? What does anybody care about? Money, sex, bureaucratic forms. I, I was with you for the first two things. That was a joke. I can see by the looks on your faces that you do not expect me to be funny. But that was a joke. Auntie, we don't expect you to be funny. And it's okay that you aren't. You have other um, talents. I'm very funny. I'll have you know. Yes, Saida. So I propose a sort of like score where we kind of like make them turn on each other using their celebrity. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, My, um, what I I think is what we should do is have um, one side like, um, sorry, uh, we we should tell the Jai Club side of the or you know, spread rumors about the Jai Cliff side that oh well, Humbi Rao, you know, he's very friendly with the Rising Moon, right? You, you can't be trusted, and at the same time, get Humbi Rao the idea that they are gonna like you know, uh, uh, well, like Vidhuri uh, said, what are they in for? Like money, power, like fame, right? We tell him that oh well, Jai Cliff is just pretending to use him, and we'll cut him out of the songs and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm. I th- my impression. Not to incorporate, but my impression was kind of like Hambirao is like much more down to earth than the rest of them. Yeah. So maybe we need a different angle for him, 
but okay. like the others are like really up in their heads. And also mm -hmm. like, I think currently the problem is that there is only the Jack left side, like no yeah. one's breaking rank. So we mm -hmm. have to kind of like show them as I said, that their individual egos matter a lot more. Right? Yeah, there's a third of start, right? There's Durza and Diamond Tooth, there's Jack Lev, and there's another Ankia one the, whose name I can't Yes. Who also has some cool editors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the one we need to focus on. That's the one whom we can pry away, because I think Diamond Tooth, well, Diamond Tooth is just really annoyed with us because we broke his mug or something. Mm -hmm. And Jay Clev, <laughs> Jay Clev's been annoyed with me since I turned up in his life. But Ankia the Veiled, I mean, you might know, just be annoyed that we're doing this. Might just want this to stop. Yeah. I think so we can make take this all this way, all the way to the top and as address the third Ustad and make her not want to go to war with you. I think it well, could we, we we could work multiple angles here. Like we could speak hmm. to Humber Rao, we could get at Ankia the Veiled, and I am interested in seeing my Cliff. So it could just be a score where we just kind of like target each of them separately in different ways. Mm -hmm. To kind of get them okay. to break rank. Mm -hmm. so, Does that make sense? I will, yes. I will, I will set you up for a simple way to target two out of three. I don't know if I can get Hambirao involved in the scene mm -hmm. necessarily, but maybe it is possible. And I think the way to do this is that Mylera Clev is going to report back what she has found, because she is the person who's been spying around in this neighborhood. She's going to report, and she, I guess she's going to report to Ankia the Veiled. I guess she is, for whatever reason, working with her. And I think here is the angle uh, where you can make this work. I'm suggesting this. You can reject it if you like. But they, their patron is House Anrakis, who very frequently hires a certain opera troupe that they have come to like. Mm. And so your friends in the Blue Smoke troupe can get, can get you access to a conversation with Ankia. Mm. And Mylera will be there. Yes. This, this, is, this is good, because I think that um, all we need to do to get Hambir now involved is if it's at a show, get someone to hire Hambira for security. Because yep. we know Hambira does that. Right? Yep. He does. Um, okay. So the plan is to have Hambira, Ankia the Veiled, and Mylera Klev at a show, and then use this to somehow get the opportunity to get a conversation with them while Mylera is trying to be like, yeah, so here's how we can kill all their friends. Mm -hmm. I think there's a really obvious reason why Ankia the Veiled is taking point here. So there's three there's three main ustads. There's Jake Lev who isn't going to be directly involved. Mm -hmm. The other option is Thurzan Diamond Tooth, and who's going to make him in charge of an operation? Mm -hmm. No one. So yeah. Ankia the Veiled is just it by default. Process of elimination. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she may yeah. not even be the most suitable person. She, maybe she doesn't give a shit about this. No. And we'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, so you are going to go to an opera performance with them, and to be clear, other members of the Falling yes. Stars Sword School and other fancy people. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I think this sounds like the the makings of a score. Okay. Before the engagement yes. roll, really quick. So we are doing this as a we're we're doing this as like uh, against our against the crew that we we are at war against, right? Yes. We modified war dogs to be like. It's consists of hunting grounds, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
So I'm going to really quickly use the free downtime action you get when you do a score on your hunting grounds to reduce heat. Uh, yep. And I think the way I'm reducing heat is when we were at the hand, uh, Bidrahi ordered uh, like a ceremonial sort of drink because he was looking at the wall of names. And uh -huh. he poured out a drink in the honor of those who were named. Ah. So it's, it's like, it's not about like uh, us going incognito. It's more like people don't want, would probably be less willing to give us up because we honored them. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to call it finesse because I think it's about like looking badass and cool. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. You. Go for looking badass, and let's see. Uh, roll the three. Yes, you roll the three, so you reduce one heat. Yeah. It, it does something, but it's like not yeah. really in our main district. Maybe that's mm. the problem. Yeah, I've, I've uh, rolled it away. Yeah, I think basically it's Mona causes a bit less of a stir. Mm. Um, so let us do the engagement roll, and then yeah. I had planned for you to be attacked this session, but that is not the plan we are going with. I guess you have breathing room now. Mm. Excellent. So, mm -hmm. so, is this operation particularly bold or daring? Yes, it is. So you're two dice yeah. right at the start. Is this operation overly complex or contingent on many factors? Also, yes. There's like mm -hmm. a lot of falling star people there. So we're losing a die. So we're at back to one. Does the plan's detail expose a vulnerability of the target or hit them where they're weakest? I think arguably, yes. Their egos, right? You're yes. planning on this, the fact that they have fuck-all teamwork. So two dice. Is the target strongest against this approach? No, I don't think so. So we're at two dice. Can any friends or contacts provide aid? Yeah, I think your allies have. So we're at three dice. Are any enemies or rivals interfering? Clem, I want to ask. Uh, is your rival the rich libertine, the sort of person who might go to opera performances with the with the falling star sword school, or or is they a, are they a different sort of libertine and hedonist? Maybe, maybe they are. Have you have you established anything about Tamira? I have not. No, I think yeah. Fuck it. Let's put Tamira in there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, it's it's not going to be private for the falling star sword school mm. alone right it's a performance and it's not you know it's not inside the rocky's mansion because then this would be insane it's somewhere semi-public you know it's in a nice district they there's an opera performance it's sponsored by the falling star you know they paid for it but it's like a a thing that you can attend and so tamira uh, can absolutely attend it why is tamira your rival what's the situation between you and them her I think this is somebody I was assigned to uh, work for back in Sunfall. Mm, okay. Yeah, excellent. So it's a, it's a rich hedonist, maybe new money, who mm. kept you on their payroll and uh, you revolted, rebelled? What? Something like that? Yeah, something like that, I think. I have, I've got some ideas brewing. Yeah. Okay. I have a we suggestion for why they're specifically coming to this. Uh -huh. They are Cherubino's new patron slash lover. Ah, yes, of course. Uh, Tamira Cherubino being, being my unofficial rival. Yes. Uh, of yeah. course, Cherubino's going to be here. If you, he's going uh, to be here, it's a problem. I mean, he's <laughs> one of the sure. performers. So. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. like, yeah. Okay, okay. That's, that's fine. Okay. That's so totally normal and fun. 
So then we're back to two dice. And are there any other elements you want to consider? Yeah, they're higher tier. So I think we're putting it with one die. It's not as bad as it could be. Still not as good as it could be. Oh, well, it is what it is. Yes. Someone I nominate kindly... Clementine to roll as it is by our first. Yes. Please, Clementine, roll a die. You don't want to do this. Oh, I yes, I do. absolutely do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just one dice. How bad could it be? It's a 50 50 chance. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two or three. Oh. Go on. Right, come on. <laughs> come on. Go on. Are we, are we all. Are we all. Yep, yep. Hey, that's hey, what hey, we want. There it is. <laughs> okay. That's like, it, that's like a crit, but in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> Here close the doors to the house of endings. Those who dwell within are Sohem, called Klo, Adiat, called So, Sametri, called Tree, and Emma. I have been Prince, your host. Our city of Uduasha is based on Blades in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions, with special thanks to Johnstone Metzger. Follow us on Twitter. Or support us on ko-fi.com slash desperateattune. If you want to engage further with us, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash desperateattune, where you will get our newsletter, extra content, and updates from Uduasha. I'm stopped, uh, and you know my invitation is asked for, and I already gave the invitation away. And like, you know, if I had more time, I'd like bullshit my way through it. And I think at some point I realized that Clem, who said after you, didn't in fact come after me. <laughs>